Hello and welcome to a very spooky Halloween episode of Bit Party, a show where we take minor details from popular scary movies and use them to create ideas for new movies that we then sell to Hollywood for $4 million. This week, the four of us wonder how ridiculous we'll look in the afterlife waiting room. This is Beetlejuice. Thank you for listening to this very special Halloween episode of Bit Party. Uh, I'm Brendan Cotta. I'm Jared Cotta. I'm Marshall Cotta. And I'm Landis Cotta. Gentlemen, how are we doing? <laughs> we're good. Happy Halloween to you good. guys. Yeah, I'm assuming you guys are all in costume too, right? We, uh, yeah, wear my, co- wear my costume to the recording. I thought we recorded naked, so my costume is naked. Birthday suit? <laughs> yeah. It's birthday suit. I... I usually record naked, but <laughs> it's a special occasion. All right, so so what what shows have you guys been watching lately? I'll tell you what I have been watching. I just started. Well, now I've finished the first season of Better Call Saul. Has anybody seen? Oh that? yeah, yeah. I've I been watching that. Watch that. Episodes. Yeah. You seen? You've actually been watching that? I have. Yeah. It's been pretty good. Did yeah. you watch uh, Breaking Bad though, Landis? I did not. No. Wow, you are just. Landis wants to start with the prequel. I guess. Oh, I guess. Wait, I don't know. Oh, they're related. Am I missing break- something? You don't realize? Yeah, you don't. You didn't know that Breaking Bad is like. <laughs> Wait, this is gonna. This is great podcast. Well, it, it's all also an extension <laughs> of the just... Animaniacs universe. Yeah, it actually. You gotta watch that first. Yeah, it's everything. It, it's really cool when Deadpool shows up. <laughs> but you're but you're definitely not gonna get it, Landis, because you didn't watch uh, Breaking Bad. And the whole canon of Animaniacs. All right, you and Marshall should watch Breaking Bad, I guess, and then uh, you can go back to Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. That is awesome that you just decided to start it cold and my yeah, my friend uh, my friend recommended it to me, and I just kind of watched it. He probably assumed that you saw Breaking Bad. I'm looking forward to uh, sitting down and watching some some horror movies as, in the lead up to uh, mm-hmm. to to uh, the haunting holiday. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, some of my favorites include. A Gremlins three <laughs> and <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, what, what's what's your favorite horror movie, Marsh? Sixth Sense is great. That is a good movie. Yes, it is. Did Keenan and Kel have a bomb Halloween special? I feel yeah. like they did. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I feel like I remember them having a really good one. So I might watch that this season mm. for a good spook 'em up. All right. So. Here's the thing. We watched this movie that if we say the title of the movie, we're, we're screwed. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, so so we're going to try and we're going to try and go through this entire podcast talking about a movie for which we cannot tell you the title. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we can say it in a funky way like Beetlegrease yep. or Michael, Michael Keaton in a Tim Burton film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's <laughs> not uh, Batman. I think that my I think that oh, something that I didn't realize until I watched the movie and did more research than anyone should ever do on the movie, <laughs> I realized that this is a completely original screenplay what? by Tim Burton. Nice. Oh yeah, I guess this really wasn't original. like inspired by anything, was it? It's definitely inspired by a whole I, lot of drugs. <laughs> it was, yeah. 
yeah. based on true drug experiences. It actually says that at the end of the credits. Yeah. One little tidbit is this was his second film after anybody know what his first full length film was? Uh, oh, I got Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Is it? That's correct. Hey. Oh, hey. Pee Wee's Big Adventure was his first full length film. Really? Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Wow. <laughs> I like it. That's a family Hilarious. favorite. All right, should we get into it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, if, if you guys don't mind, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little bit of the summary, you know. Yeah, go ahead. You guys Start can, us off. You guys can, right. you, you guys can make the jokes, and, the, and I'll, uh, I'll do the legwork. I'll get my joke brain working. It's showtime. So we open on a beautiful small town in Connecticut, and we meet a, a lovely young couple, uh, Adam and Barbara Maitland. And they are hanging out at their farmhouse-style home. They're having a little staycation. And, and uh, building uh, models and uh, listening to Calypso music, which is a uh, prevalent motif throughout yeah, the movie. Yeah, Ooh, character development done in this movie. They need to go down into town for, I don't know, something for the model. And on their way back from the store, they swerve to avoid a dog and they end up toppling into a very shallow river and die. So they, they end up back at their house and after after a short time, they realize we're dead. Mm. And uh, I don't know if anybody's seen American Horror Story, but the same rules apply. You cannot leave your home. Mm-hmm. And they find out that if you walk out the front door, you, uh, you end up on Saturn and are getting attacked by uh, one of uh, Tim Burton's Coke Nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it turns out being dead so, isn't that great. Yeah, it's not that great. So they're trying to they're trying to get by though, and they still have each other. Not long thereafter, uh, a new family moves into their home, and uh, we we meet the the Dietz family. And there's uh, Charles, uh, the dad, and uh, he just finished uh, a panic attack in New York and that is what compelled them to move to the country and there's Della the mom and then we have Lydia played by Winona Ryder the Maitlands take notice of these people moving in and they're curious at first and then they're overwhelmingly distraught when our favorite character steps through the window and that character is Otho so the Maitlands are watching the Dietz, Dietzes go through their house and deciding to make, and they're deciding to make big time changes to the to the country home. the The Maitlands receive some sort of advertisement to hire Michael Keaton's character to get rid of the Dietzes, but they elect instead to go visit uh, their caseworker. Her only advice is that she d- that they do not call uh, the beetled one. <laughs> and, uh, as you called in Mayan lore. That's, <laughs> yes. But when they go back to their home and they see exactly what uh, Della Dietz has done to the place, well, they're pretty ticked off. Ooh, it makes them so mad. So they, they decide to go against Juno's expressed uh, concerns. So they say, <laughs> <laughs> they say the name three times. And they're transported into one of Charles's models of the town where he has been living. He's kind of this crude, very gross guy. So they're like, no, we're okay. We don't want you around a teenage girl. You obviously can't be trusted, Michael Keaton. 
We're just going to go, I think. So while this is going on, Lydia shows her mother or her stepmother the pictures of ghosts. Like, oh, look, there are these sheets hovering with nobody's feet underneath. Lydia could not care less because she's trying to plan a dinner party. But it's at that dinner party that uh, uh, Barb and Adam decide to make their move. They are visited by the Maitlands at this point, And the Maitlands put on this song and dance number with by possessing the, the dinner guests. And they dance to Calypso, and then they end it by the shrimp cocktails in front of them coming alive and grabbing their faces, and that is what they think is going to terrify them. They end up loving it, mm-hmm. and uh, and think and see it as sort of an opportunity to have paranormal experiences brought to the public, and uh, and that's when we find out that Otho is is, is what does he call himself, Brent? One of New York's leading, uh, was it paranormal investigators? Something along those lines. Anyways, he's fascinated with that whole, with that whole, uh, subject matter. Um, so he, he sort of offers to host a, uh, an exorcism or, or a seance or something of that matter. Oh, though, just a little rascal and he grabs their, uh, handbook for the recently deceased as he's walking out and just slips it right into his jacket pocket. So Otho is still in the book. And they walk downstairs, and that's when we get our first uh, appearance from Beetlegeist, who takes the form of a snake and wreaks havoc on all of the guests. While Beetlegeist is effective, he's kind of a chaotic force that the Maitlands really don't want in their house. So they they have to resort to desperate measures, and to do that, they go back to Juno. Uh, they get mm-hmm. called back to their their social worker, and uh, and and Landis, you want to talk more about Juno? She's, yeah, she's Ju- your favorite character. Juno's my gal. She, they, they're they're trying desperately to get the Dietzes out of their house, so they put on these horrifying faces, beautiful that are prosthetics. super useful. Yeah, well, they, they just they, figure they... their own face. They uh, put on prosthetics uh, in the uh, ghost world. No, I get it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and they go back, and and they scare Lydia. Lydia freaks out. <laughs> And they reform their faces again. So this is just done so that, like, Tim Burton can flex his uh, claymation muscles. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're getting summoned, right, by uh, by Otho. Yeah, so Otho is performing a seance that uh, Charles has invited his boss, Robert Goulet, to. <laughs> is that really Robert Goulet? That's Robert Goulet. I know, it wow. looks like Tom Selleck, but it's, it's <laughs> very suave Robert Goulet. Um, no way, that's awesome. Otho is summoning the ghosts against their will, but what he doesn't know is that it's actually killing them. So, in order to avoid this, Lydia goes and just summons the Beetle Man herself. But she has to make a deal. She has to make a deal. Marshall, you remember the deal? Right, the deal uh, The deal is she has to marry him, right? Which, I guess, breaks his curse or something like that. Yeah. Does it? And that's never explained. <laughs> it's never explained. <laughs> Why is he... What, 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 there is never even explicitly said that he's cursed. It's just he his only goal in life is to uh, hurt the living, and he can only do that though if he's summoned. So he he pops in and he kills Robert Goulet by <laughs> bashing him through the roof. I'm summarizing. <laughs> he s- possesses uh, Della's her her sculptures, right? Yep. And they they lock and hold in uh, the the Dietzes, both uh, Charles and, and Della. To be witnesses they to they, the wedding. They trap them. They trap them. And, and what um, horrible punishment could he do to Otho? What, and what then he turns what his attention to Otho. 
<laughs> and he doesn't murder the, him. He doesn't murder him. He does something much, much worse. He, he changes his suit. <laughs> into something gaudy. <laughs> yeah. Pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I, have no, I have no clue what, what, this, what the point of that was. He, he kills Robert Goulet. <laughs> he changes Otho's suit. And then we, uh, we go into the, the wedding scene, which is, which is brief. Uh, people are trying to send uh, Beetlegeist back to, to his little home in the Hamptons. model. And they're trying to say his name. If they say his name three times, then he gets unsummoned, I think. And it's not working. He's, he's preventing everyone. He even sends Barbara to Saturn, which is a power that I didn't know he had. So the wedding is about to become official. He's got the ring, and he's putting it on Lydia's finger. And all of a sudden, in comes Barb. She's riding one of the sandworms from Saturn. Yeah. Which I also didn't know and, you could do. Yeah, the portal the portal from Saturn to the living world is something that I I didn't know Barb had the ability. They can't even master being seen by living people and yet she can open a portal from one world to the other and uh ride it through. Away. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um cut to a couple months later, the the Maitlands and the Deeds are living kind of happily together. And uh, Lydia is getting A's in school and making friends. We assume, and uh, and as a <laughs> as a reward for getting an A on the math test, <laughs> she gets to dance Calypso in the sky. <laughs> what I mean is, can you be scary? Oh, oh! Hey, no one's asking me. Can I be scary? What do you think of this? <laughs> you like it? Okay, so that's 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 the that movie. This is the part where we take a minor character from the movie and within the same universe create an entirely new movie. And it it very well could have nothing to do with uh, the Michael Keaton character or the uh, Winona Ryder character. I would recommend that Alec Baldwin remains in the next movie, but that's just a personal <laughs> preference. I mean, yeah. But, 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 but the rules are it's a small character from the actual film same universe but I think that because it's Halloween your movie should in some way start on Halloween okay so the the opening scene will have to be on Halloween it doesn't have to be a horror movie but because it's the season your movie just has to start on Halloween that you pitch so -hmm. we're gonna go in in order of of brother uh, Landis (laughs) yes I am brother um, Hello. Hi, brother. <laughs> Hi. Hello, brother. Hey, brother. Hello. I'm about to hit you boys uh, with an absolute candied apple of an idea. Are you ready? Anyway, um, uh, my character is Juno. I have selected Juno. Um, so seeing as, I guess we have to start on Halloween, right? There's a, We open on a football game, a high school. No. Nay, a college football game. Oh. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> And it's Halloween. It's, it's the football season, and um, there's been a terrible accident. So it's it's it is going to be the the football team from the movie, the uh, dead football okay. team. So what is what is Juno? What is Juno's role? Juno's role. So uh, obviously, there's the scene in the movie where they, I guess the the recurring idea that they think she's the coach uh, for some right. reason. Uh, my idea is to have the movie focus on Juno. Uh, come around to them and become their coach and uh, lead them to victory. 
in the dead dead football championship. You heard that right, yeah. Juno, coach of. So you're actually incorporating two, two characters, two sure. parts. Sure. Which is Juno and uh, the the football team mm-hmm. that was in a terrible bus accident. All okay, right. okay, that's that's good. So it's a it's a sports film. Uh, Very motivational. Sort of motivational piece. Feel yeah. Good yeah. movie of the year. Feel good movie of the year. A dead football team coached by uh, an old a chain smoking <laughs> chain smoking Jewish woman. <laughs> that really does have uh, quite a ring to it. It takes me uh, back. But well, okay, like it, Marsh. Marshall, so mine, uh, would you like to jump in? Yes. So uh, my character is Otho. And yeah, this my, is a very big responsibility for you, Marshall. It, it is. I know. I made it tough on myself. My movie idea is opening on Halloween, and Otho is in charge of creating um, haunted houses throughout the entire suburban Connecticut. Interesting. <laughs> so the way, the way that he goes about this, though... Is between between each house on the sidewalk, while families and children are walking down the sidewalk, he has portals to Saturn. Wait, where is he getting these portals? He makes them. No, let him. He, he makes okay. them. He, he makes these portals to Saturn. He has. Okay. So so they have to um, def, uh, they have to make it through the trial of the worms at Saturn to advance to the next house. Okay. All right. I would actually say that uh, that that sounds most like a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> there we go. That's, yeah. that's what I was that's, going for. That's a, sounds. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's, uh, that's good stuff. That's good. Y'all ready for me to hit you with this? Ready. All right. So it doesn't start on Halloween, but wow. it starts off with. Well, these... that's kind of the only rule we have. So. Uh, back yes. to Halloween. I swear. I promise. It, Is that better? It better cross, yeah, better cross yeah. Halloween. Okay. It'll cross <laughs> paths with Halloween. <laughs> All right. Um, it starts off with just this, the the sweetest little bunch of astronauts that you could have. Very normal movie. They're saying goodbye to their families. They're, uh, they're, they're getting all ready to go into space. They launch up into space, and they land on Saturn, which was, which was their goal. Little did they know that Saturn's not actually a gas giant. Oh. It is, in fact... A hard desert landscape yeah. that's just infested with these sandworms. Yeah, it is. It's an alien-style kind of Ridley Scott-feeling movie. <laughs> the only way that they can survive this ordeal is by recruiting Michael Keaton's help, who's been living there since uh, Barb took him away from his own wedding. So he's just in a tattered tuxedo, and he wants to get back to Earth. And to do that, he has to help these astronauts. Fascinating. I like that. I like that. that. I I like that. That's pretty good. So you're saying that he survives the the chomp. He survives the chomp. And also... He just goes um, into his belly. Swallows him whole. Alright. That's good. That's cool, too. My character... Mm. I was extremely inspired uh, by the shrunken head explorer. Yep. Yes. Good man. And I wanted my movie to be he embarks on a journey into the jungle on Halloween. Is his head still shrunken? Yes. That what is the actual fact about him is that his head was always that size. <laughs> he died of pneumonia. 
<laughs> yeah, he actually died of pneumonia. <laughs> no, we open on a on a perfectly normal, handsome British explorer type Mm-mm. venturing into, and, and this is only the first half of the movie, mind you. Mm-hmm. He ventures into the jungle. He finds ancient ruins depicting beetle geese on <laughs> different different pyramids and and ruins and etc. So you know that this that Michael Keaton has been alive for centuries. Mm-hmm. And he encounters the shaman about midway through and the rest of the movie is him just in the waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll go through it. It's a number of a number yeah with, with with elevator music playing and it's from his perspective. It's shot from his perspective in this in in Hell's waiting room. Now is the because is Music just calypso just played really really softly. No, you know why? Because I'm t- I'm pretty sure I'm I'm positive now that Tim Burton was using calypso music oh, yeah. to depict oh, yeah, right. peace peace in the amp- yeah, afterlife. Right. And so there is no calypso music when you're in purgatory or in hell's waiting room. Right. So smooth jazz. It's him just kind of like wandering around. It's or just like sitting uh, and the watching gal from people Ipanema. go through. <laughs> Down. What's that? Brennan's obscure. <laughs> Brennan with his obscure reference. Wait, no, I got that song. I know what yeah. that is. Can I, can I quickly address the fact that uh, the dad in in this movie, that Charles in this movie, he was the principal in Ferris Bueller. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. And he's also a convicted sex offender. He is. Oh I'm my god. He is. That's yeah. That's that's disheartening take, to learn. It doesn't take away from his uh brilliance in both this movie and in Ferris Bueller, but I think it's worth mentioning. It does tarnish uh, things a little bit. Oh my god. Yeah. It just does tarnish person. things a little bit. Hmm. But I mean, is anyone really surprised? I mean look at him. Look at him. He is yeah. <laughs> look at his face. It's true. I mean look, look at, at his all face. of his face. Look at that. I don't know why I needed to bring that up right there, but uh <laughs> I felt I felt compelled to be honest with our with our listeners because they are sensitive people yep. and they shouldn't be forced to hear us talk about a movie with a convicted sex offender. Yep. Uh, but that's but that's that's just you know point of order, uh can we can we assume that his uh mental breakdown in this movie was caused by Ferris Bueller or a Ferris Bueller esque character? Mm-hmm. That actually could be a fair so are you saying that Ferris Bueller and this movie are in the same universe? Hmm. That'd be a good crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> So now we've all we've all pitched our movies, and we have uh, we have Landis presenting uh, Juno, the chain smoking old Jewish coach, a classic, a classic in its own right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you. probably already been done before. No, we have uh, Marshall's uh, Otho opening portals in rural Connecticut to satisfy his haunted house fetish. <laughs> uh, we have Brendan. What was yours ago? Oh, the Saturn, the Saturn astronauts, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they find the main character from the movie that we watched there, and he has to help them off Saturn. Mm-hmm. And we have a uh, waiting room drama about a man <laughs> with a shrunken head <laughs> that died of pneumonia in the jungle. That's after one of the classic after genres. Realizing, yeah. <laughs> after realizing that Beetle Guys has been alive, that, that Michael Keaton has been alive for 200 years. 
<laughs> Quite a discovery. <laughs> so what, what, which one are we doing? I vote for mine. I can't, I can't decide. So I liked Bren's idea, actually. I also vote for mine. Like, Thank you, Marshall. Be, I liked Brendan's idea. Beetle who go on Saturn. I like Brendan's idea as well. Bullshit. Brandis. Fine. Fine. <laughs> we'll do yours. Fine. We'll do yours next. No, no, you know I don't. <laughs> fine, fine. Saturn, Saturn, Saturn babies. That's what it was called. <laughs> we usually come up with the name at the end, but I think that Saturn babies is probably gonna, <laughs> probably going to stick a little bit. But um, but in a but you know what? The best ideas. Yeah, you were struck with the inspiration. <laughs> There's no reason to hold back. Saturn babies it is. <laughs> so let's let's do this next bit is when we uh we actually come up with a nice opening uh conflict resolution uh and then uh an end scene that sums it all up mm-hmm. and we uh we really work this movie out uh until the joke is entirely dead. <laughs> <laughs> Get into it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's Halloween, so you know, maybe it'll be undead. Hey. Uh, Ooh. Hey-o. Hey. Hey. Shit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is, All right. This is, this is just. I like to this suggest is just an shit. opening scene. Uh-huh. I'm no. struck by. Thank okay. you. Next. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll yeah. call you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> you get one chance at this. I. The only. Th- thing that is important is that their their date of launch is Halloween. Right. Which is somewhat of a I just want I, I just want to address so science science has led us to believe that Saturn is a gas giant, yes? So they're being they're being sent to this planet completely under the assumption that it, it is a gas giant, right? Until they, they land on it. <laughs> what is the it's goal a suicide here? mission, Landis? <laughs> It's a suicide mission. Maybe they knew. They knew the. They knew the risk. They knew the risk. Yeah, maybe it can get close, and it's protective. Uh, and if it seems like that they're able to land, then they land. And they when is this to. taking place? What year around? Twenty fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a so historical no documentary. Need, it's a no historical need fiction. For a man. Uh, a, a manned mission. <laughs> No, I want it to be a historical fiction because I, I want President Obama to be the one that, that <laughs> salutes them as they... He's got time now. He'll, he'll be able to be in it. So, but it'll be President Obama played by Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Uh, yeah. That's beautiful. So President Obama is dumping obscene amounts of money into the space program for a completely unnecessarily manned mission to, <laughs> to a guest. All right. You know, Landis, just for that, you're gonna Brennan. play the congressman that uh, that decides well, that we it. shouldn't do this mission. I'm in it. Yeah, you're you're the re- you're gonna be the Republican <laughs> congressman that's trying to ruin everything that Obama came up with. <laughs> yeah. Trying to ruin Obama's dream of Saturn exploration. All right, how dare you? <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. So actually, that's that's the opening right there. Is uh, is Jordan Peele uh, playing President Obama signing a bill? That it will put men on Saturn <laughs> and women. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll 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 make the decision that there is a woman astronaut because for the sake of of diversity. Okay, sounds good. 
<laughs> and I know I know you're concerned She's because otherwise Beetlegeist Michael Keaton will not be able to marry anyone and uh oh, that yeah. would be the Well yeah. We no, don't know the laws on Saturn. Oh jeez. Yeah, actually Brendan, we're really backing <laughs> ourselves into like a ethical corner here because oh, who's to say why who are we to say that that yeah. uh that Michael Keaton is not allowed to marry a man? That's true. That's yeah. true. It's Saturn. They could all they could no all be idea. taken. We there could both God, be I don't women astronauts know. and Michael Keaton just marries one of the male astronauts. That exactly. actually might be the best idea. That'll, that's the most politically correct. Okay, so we've decided that, that works there, are, there are women astronauts, but Michael Keaton's character will end up marrying a man. It's fine. Okay, that's good. I think we, I think, I think I'm glad that we... Yeah, we're very progressive. I'm glad we did that. <laughs> anyway, so that's the beginning, is Jordan Peele signs into law, uh, sending men into uh, into space to to reach Saturn and uh, they do so uh, they realize what Brennan that the, the planet is not just a gaseous giant no it's not just a gas giant that's just what all the scientists were lying about it's actually a desert wow. planet just yeah, with filled with these horrific alien creatures yeah. yes we are recreating tremors in space it's mm-hmm. Mm. Are we gonna use the same style of um, of uh, special effects? Are we are we doing think, claymation? Oh yeah! yeah oh yeah! Oh, oh yeah! yeah. The astro- one of the astronauts will just be a clay <laughs> character, <laughs> entirely animated. What about ethnically uh, diverse? Oh, how, we got a claymation oh, or, or astronauts? Yeah, we have. Yeah, Landis, we have a claymation character. Oh right, right. No, no, no. It, the the crew. Including the the animated claymation character, they are a very diverse crew. Yeah, absolutely, Great. it's awesome. Yeah, All right. Finns so... and Americans, <laughs> and Polish. so they don't know what to do until they're met with a tuxedo-clad Michael Keaton. Ah, yes. right, and he says uh, something like, "I want to get back to Earth. You want to survive this mission. I'm your only chance of getting out of here alive. I know these sandworms. I've been here a long time." So, so yeah, the conflict is whether or not they should trust this character, and then so so how how is this resolved? What what do they do? What do they decide to do? Do they unleash? Do they unleash the beast? I think they do enlist his help because there's no Juno there to say don't talk to him, he's dangerous. But right. uh, a few more crew members die. I think he only tries hard to keep alive the ones he knows he needs to get back to Earth. Uh and the rest are eaten gruesomely, and it's horrific, and it's tense. And in some, in some ways, he's responsible for a few of their deaths. Yeah, he's... I would say one of them he kills just out of spite. They, one of them is sent to him saying, hey, we're, I don't think we're going to... Uh, we're going to figure this out on our own. We got this. And uh, he murders him. And then that in order to... Kind of prove, hey, you really do need me. Maybe he takes his snake form and eats one of them, and everyone thinks, oh man, these these sandworms are way more dangerous than I thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he's like trying to get that. them to trust him. He's trying to get them to, yeah, he's trying to get them to fall for his his trap. Yeah, got it. So uh, so what happens, Brennan? It's either a happy ending or a, or a sad ending. Either he gets brought back to to Earth, or okay, I've been thinking okay. about this. They realize over the course of him helping them escape the worms that he's kind of not the best guy on Earth. Like, he doesn't... He, they probably should not bring him back with them. So they 
decide to, at the very end, to banish him, get him away, and take off before he can get there. But we get a shot of the rocket going through space, they've made it, and then you zoom in on the rocket, and he's in his cowboy costume riding it like the end of uh, Doctor Strangelove. So do they fix the rocket? We said that the sandworms destroyed it. No, they fix they fix the rocket. That's how they are able to get off. They realize this uh, is a dangerous okay. place that they need to leave immediately. So the conflict is whether or not they should bring Beetlejuice back? In addition to, yeah, surviving this whole Okay, thing. okay. Right? Does that make sense? Does that track? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. It yeah. It up. It's uh, it's it's because I think there's gonna be a a, a second uh, sequel to uh, or a remake coming up. Yeah, you're right. Released. Beetlejuice two has been announced. Oh, yeah. Brendan. God, Brendan, you are the worst. All right, take it again. Yeah, the sequel has been announced. Mm-hmm. And what is that sequel called? <laughs> <laughs> should get him a gear. Yo, that is a that is a stellar film idea. I like it. Like uh, it. It's going to make $4 million, 100%. We're all going to be <laughs> millionaires. And again. I want to explain again to the audience, if, if anybody's new, that I, I realize that this movie is so good that it's going to make a lot more than $4 million and that we could probably sell it for $4 billion. <laughs> but that's not... That's not the game that we're in. We're in the we're in the creative and the art business. We're not in it we're for the money. To take people's yeah. We're not in this for the money. We're here for the ability to to bring new new works and new creative original pieces yeah uh, to the people and yeah. uh, expand film culture and also make just one million dollars. But we have so many ideas that we're probably going to end up being like multimillionaires. But each mm-hmm. one is only only being sold for four million dollars. Right. A steal. A it's steal a, at four yeah. million. Honestly. And and what's great is it's four million, so we each get a million dollars, and we've come to the portion of the podcast where we confidently tell everyone what we're going to spend our million mm-hmm. dollars on. Mm-hmm. So uh, what are you what are you bastards thinking? <laughs> Uh, I'll go. I'll go. No, Brendan. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, Landon. Uh, that's not me. Okay. Um, I'm having second thoughts. I was thinking about investing in uh, just like the space program, but I'm thinking donating to a, a certain branch if it's not already created of investigating the state of Saturn because <laughs> I'm reconsider. Like, who who's to say? You know. It's true. I'm gonna. I mean, a million dollars. That's true. We've got scientists' word against Tim Burton's word. And mm-hmm. what do you? Yeah, I don't who can say? Who to believe? Yeah. I don't know who to believe. He's gonna watch. Tim Burton's gonna watch a movie, and he's gonna say, "I knew it." I he's saw this say, from the beginning. Yeah. So you're gonna you're That's gonna good. donate your million dollars to the space program, on the condition specifically. It's probably uh, how much they spend on pens. <laughs> but and that's what I but was those saying. Pens, <laughs> but those pens will go. But those pens will go to. They'll launch Saturn. the pens and see if they stick on Saturn. And it's desert. Or if they pass right through. That's good. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, because that's definitely how Saturn works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how the gravity is. Right. Got it, Landis. Uh, uh, that's nice. my job. 
You're gonna you're right. gonna make sure that NASA never runs out of pens. I don't need your approval. <laughs> it's my million. This is my million dollars. <laughs> cool. That's not that great, but go ahead, let Marsh. All right. So I actually have a very mean idea. <laughs> very mean. Did you say mean or meme? Mean. Okay. It's a meme. Oh. Meme. He's gonna make a. He's gonna make a million memes. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 It's very assuming, mean. Assuming one meme costs one U.S. dollar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my idea, I would buy all of Della's sculptures. And what I would then do with them is I would melt them down and make them into furniture. My God. So my million dollars would cover buying the sculptures... And paying for the melting down and the molding into furniture. So well, Della is I, making a million dollars. Good for, for her. her crappy sculptures. Yeah, but then I make it into. You know what? What kind of furniture are you gonna make? You go. I don't know. Whatever furniture. Well, what I, what I want to know is I I don't know if you know this, Marshall, but that was actually uh, those were just props in a movie. Oh, uh, Marshall could buy the actual props. That that would cost so. a pretty penny. I could buy the props. And, yeah, uh, that actually, that makes what sense. piece of furniture? Would you still melt them down, though? I, I would say... If you want to melt them down, they're a piece of uh, cinema history. Yeah, if if we're if I'm going that route, I probably wouldn't melt them down. I wouldn't end up doing that. But All say right, you did. Say cool. you did. Choose one piece of furniture that you would make it into. I'd, I'd probably make it into, like, a big armchair. Mm. Oh, like in yes. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Sick. Okay. All right. I'll go. Yeah, go ahead, Brent. I'll go. I would um I would invest my millions into creating a ghost hunting show, probably. Because that that equipment it isn't cheap. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. Uh, it, it seems like a lucrative business and it seems like it would be a lot of fun. You get to go to conventions and talk with crazy people and and uh you get to travel around. So I'd probably the whole point would be traveling. I would want to see the world, but uh, kind of an underlying thing is I'm making a show for Netflix in which I, I hunt ghosts. Like it. All right, Jared. Cool. Yeah, that's good. That's a that's sort of an investment in... Yeah, I, I had a similar idea of an... Yeah, I would yeah. Inve- no, I'd invest... No, I'd invest my money in a uh, Calypso band. <laughs> All right. No collection in the history of music has ever made a billion dollars. I would assemble. I would assemble the greatest calypso band of all time. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Basically, an all-star cast of calypso hey, musicians. No. Yeah. I would buy top-of-the-line steel drums. Instruments, steel drum, stainless uh, steel drums, and they would become the world's greatest calypso band. That, that, would actually, that is how you dope. invest money. I like that. that would actually be great. Like if it was yeah, like that's how you invest. A uh, like a big band style. Like have fifty steel drum players and oh, and shit. like fifty of each instrument. That'd be oh, pretty speaking dope. My language. Just I'm speaking my language right now. Booming with calypso. You would guarantee oh, yeah, yeah. that you would beat so, Tim Burton. Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably so. You would love it. Now, Jared, would you? Would you invest in like a recording studio too? Would you would you have them like record stuff, or would you just have them like going around ass- and playing? For- I assume we'd get picked up by a label. Okay, I'd be the okay. manager. Right? Yeah, that'd, we'd that'd, definitely get picked up by a label. That'd be ideal. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and we would we would be we would monopolize the calypso world yes. i would hire all of calypso musicians because i think that they work for like 50 bucks yes. and so <laughs> i would assemble the world's greatest calypso band beautiful five million dollars isn't that beautiful isn't that touching yeah yeah all right guys i think that was uh that was a great episode i think we came up with a Instant classic. Instant. And I feel like we're all spending our million dollars wisely. Uh, so just a reminder to our audience to be looking for Saturn Babies coming to a theater near you. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, happy Halloween. I'm Jared Cotta. I'm Brendan Cotta. I'm Marshall Cotta. And I'm Beetlejuice. Ah! Oh! Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at BitPartyPod. On Twitter, you can share your own BitPart movie ideas and vote for which pitch you liked best. Let us know if you think we made the right choice or let a good movie slip through our fingers. If you'd like to send us an email, we're BitPartyPod at gmail.com. Join us next time when we watch Naomi Watts unintentionally kill a horse and her ex-boyfriend. Until then, we're the Cotter Brothers, and this has been BitParty. Our ode to the bit parts that stole our hearts.